Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go out there and have a good day, all right, buddy. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.04 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening. As always, as spring has finally arrived in western New York, a gorgeous Sunday morning here in the Buff, and uh, happy to talk to you for the next uh, 56 minutes or so about the world of motorsports, 803-0551, Phone lines open right off the bat here as we start Another Sunday morning with you on WGR Sports Radio 550. Talking about last night's NASCAR race. We've actually two NASCAR races run since we've last been on the air. Uh, last week's uh, rain-delayed race at Bristol that wound up being finished, uh, started Sunday, but didn't finish until Monday. And then the race last night at Richmond Raceway, the uh, Toyota Owners 400. And there's uh, something similar about both of those races because Kyle Busch won them both. Kyle Busch is now on a three-race win streak, our second Three race win streak of the season in the Cup Series after Kevin Kevin Harvick winning uh, three races in a row earlier this year after the Daytona 500. Uh, Kyle Busch now has put together three straight wins, and uh, I, I'm I'm ready for a Kyle. I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm just I like the race yesterday, and I am ready for Kyle Busch to put together a full year championship run in the NASCAR Cup Series because uh, the championship he won in. 2016, uh, when he didn't um, didn't run the whole season because of that in, that broken leg he suffered at Daytona, and uh, I thought or, or 2015, I, I knew that I I don't know why I said 2016, 2015 when he only ran 25 out of the 36 races won the championship, uh, that left a sour taste in my mouth. So I am in for Kyle Busch winning a championship this year and doing it by running the whole schedule. And he is off to a hell of a start, a tremendous start here in 2018, now with three wins in a row. And you look at his his stats so far here in 2018, leading the points, and he finished 25th at Daytona, and since then he finished 7th at Atlanta, and then it's 2nd, 2nd, 3rd, 2nd, 1st, 1st, 1st. He is off on a run here with... Seven straight top three finishes, including those three straight wins, and uh, I am I'm all for it. let let him run roughshod over the field, and then let him have a good playoffs and win another championship, and have him do it in the full season. As an impressive start for the 18 team, that's what we're talking about here on Fast Track. Coming up on today's program. And in less than 10 minutes, Nick Bromberg from Yahoo Sports is going to join us. Nick covers NASCAR and college sports. Uh, we'll talk to Nick about last night's race. Had a pretty good column about the race up on Yahoo Sports. I tweeted out the link uh, not too long ago, so check that out. So we'll talk to Nick Bromberg at the quarter after. At the bottom of the hour, we'll get our uh, local racing 
uh, season preview started with Jen Martin, the general manager of the Ransomville Speedway, the Big R, as they are set to kick off their 2018 schedule this Friday night with uh, test and tune and qualif- time trials to kick off their season at the Big R. We'll talk to Jen about that, some uh, big events on their 2018 schedule and uh, more continued improvements uh, to the Big R in light of... Uh, their uh, season last year in uh, the big World of Outlaw sprint car race and now bringing in the World of Outlaw late models this year. So we'll talk to Jen about that at the bottom of the hour. But again, phone lines are open here at 803-0551-888-550-2550. Lots going on in the uh, racing world. Of course, the aforementioned NASCAR race IndyCar is in Alabama today, the Barber Motorsports Park, uh, the Grand Prix of Alabama. That's coming up at 3 o'clock this afternoon as uh, they're fresh off the... uh, Long Beach Grand Prix last weekend and uh, are now back at it today in Barber Motorsports Park. And NHRA also in action today. They are in uh, Houston, I believe, for the Spring Nationals. And eliminations coming up there this afternoon as well, too. That'll over that'll be over on uh, Fox Sports 1 today. So uh, lots of racing action uh, with IndyCar and NHRA today with uh, NASCAR out of the way. Last night, Kyle Busch is getting the win. Chase Elliott uh, kind of came out of nowhere to finish second. And uh, that's a big a result for him and his team as they have struggled this year. He's 20th in points still after the first nine races. And uh, he gets himself a strong second-place finish, the eighth runner-up finish of his cup career. And uh, Mike Joy mentioned this, and I remember looking this up before the start of the season. I think Mike was correct when he said that that is the same number of second-place finishes his dad, Bill Elliott, had before he got his first uh, NASCAR uh, Cup Series win at Riverside in in the early 80s. So uh, maybe a little bit of uh, destiny right there for Chase Elliott. Now that he's reached the eight runner-up finishes in his career, maybe he will finally break through and get that first Cup win. Danny Hamlin. Finishing third good weekend for Denny. It started for him uh, Thursday night when he held his uh, annual uh, short track showdown race. Uh, they did it at the Langley Speedway on Thursday night. Caught a little bit of that on Fans Choice TV until the feed kind of cut out. But uh, Denny won that late model race over uh, Kyle Busch there on Thursday night. Kevin Harvick, another solid run for him, finishing in fifth. Jimmy Johnson, a good night for another Hendrick team as uh, the 9 and the 48 did well. The 88 kind of struggled. And uh, actually, all the Hendrick cars in the top 20 last night. Uh, Jimmy finishing 6th, Kyle Larson 7th, uh, Brad Keselowski 8th, Clint Boyd on their strong run in ninth, and Daniel Suarez, one of his better runs uh, of this his second season in the Cup Series, rounding out the top 10. Other notable names, Kurt Busch led 98 laps, but came home 11th. William Byron, one of the best runs of his rookie season in 12th. Martin Truex looked like he was going to be the one to win. It started on the pole, dominated the early portion of the race, was leading late in the race until those couple late race cautions. Uh, the last two pit stops really killed him, especially that very last one took him right out of contention. After he led the most laps, he had to settle for 14th after leading 121 laps. But those late pit stops killed Truex's night. Uh, they had to settle for 14th. Matt DiBenedetto, how about a great run for them on the lead lap in 16th? Good for them. Eric Almirola, a disappointing 17th finish. Eric had a great run, especially early on. You saw him drive through the field late in the race on those long green flag runs in the uh, the first, uh, I think it was in the first segment. And it looked like he was going to be a factor up, drove himself into the top five, 
and unfortunately they faded there late in the race, had to settle for 17th. Tough tough night for Almirola, but you're starting to you continue to see some flashes in what that 10 car is capable of, put in capable hands of Eric Almirola, showing that that team is just as good as the other three Stuart Haas teams and uh, Tony Stewart uh, the, and Gene Haas, their decision to bring in Eric this year, uh, looking like a, a great one for that team as the 10 car has been off to a pretty solid start, almost won the Daytona 500, of course, and a strong run last night, but just didn't get the finish that they wanted. Uh, other finishes, Ryan Blaney, he was caught up in a wreck at Ricky Stenhouse, who finished 22nd, Ricky Stenhouse behind him in 23rd, Ricky Stenhouse. He's been getting a lot of attention this year, and some of it, you know, he had a great run at Bristol on Monday. I think he finished fourth, but he's had a lot of other, he's getting a lot of TV time, but sometimes he's just driving so hard, maybe driving a little bit over his head and getting caught up in things. He bounced off the wall a couple of times last night. He got caught up with Blaney there as uh, he got off, he tried some off strategy pitting, which uh, sort of worked out in the first stage. He tried to short pit. And uh, had to come back from two laps down, but of course on the fresher tires, drove back around everybody and and got himself back on the lead lap. So the strategy sort of worked out, but uh, in the end, uh, he kind of had a couple mistakes there. But it seems like Stenhouse has just been all over the place this year, you know, uh, getting involved in Daytona. Just just all season, we're seeing a lot of Ricky, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But it just seems like he's getting a lot more attention this year and... Uh, big news for them earlier in the week. Uh, Ricky Senhouse, Rush Fenway Racing announcing that their three major partners on the 17 car, Fastinall, Sunny D, and uh, Fifth Third Bank, are all locked up now through 2021. So that's huge news uh, to get any uh, three sponsors like that locked up long term. That's huge in NASCAR these days. And for Stenhouse, too, I mean, that gives him job security through at least 2021 as uh, he is trying to take the next step in his career after those, you know, two Xfinity Series championships. Hasn't done much in the Cup Series until last year when he got those two restrictor plate wins. And now he's trying to take that next step, not trying to become a consistent front runner and winner in the Cup Series and get also get out of the shadow of his personal life being known than more than just the ex-boyfriend of Danica Patrick. But uh, a good, uh, an interesting night for Ricky Stenhouse, but uh, certainly got a lot of attention in the last two races with uh, the good run at Bristol, then just kind of being all over the place and, and trying some things uh, last night, but still had to settle for 23rd. Uh, Bubba Walls finished 25th. Uh, Daniel Hemrick in his Cup debut, driving car number eight, which was interesting. First time we've seen the eight car in the Cup Series since Dale Jr. Uh, finished 32nd. Ryan Newman uh, also got caught up in that incident with Blaney and Stenhouse, I believe, and uh, finished 37th last night. So, but of course, the other big that, that those incidents are one of the few incidents in the races in the race last night. Hardly any cautions for the first three quarters of the race. The only cautions were the stage breaks at you know lap 100 and 200. And then you did not have a caution until inside 50 laps to go. And then, of course, there was uh, four cautions there within the final 50 laps. But uh, just long green flag runs. And that usually leads to not exciting races just because things get stretched out so much. Uh, as much as I'm a, I'm a big fan of when a race ends on a, a long green flag run instead of having you know an overtime start where it's just chaos. I, I like to see uh, a race kind of play out on a long green flag run, don't always get it. But instead, the the first three quarters of the race was like that. But it really, it wasn't like a mile-and-a-half track race where the leader pulls out to a large lead. Martin Truex kind of did that in the first segment, but really the middle portions of the race was still pretty entertaining as you had comers and goers. You had 
uh, guys that were strong early in, in the stage, but then by the end of the stage, things would change up and some guys would come through the field. Kyle Busch, of course, last night had to pass a lot of cars. That was the big story early on as he started 32nd. And he came through the field, and by the end of the first stage, was inside the top 10, maybe even up to the top 5, if memory serves. Um, And I believe also that the win last night, that 30-second start, that's the deepest Kyle Busch has ever come through a field to win a race in his Cup Series, which he now has 46 career Cup wins. Uh, So you had Kyle Busch coming through the field in the first segment. Uh, but, you know, you had Kurt Busch and the, the Stuart Haas cars early on were performing really well. We mentioned El Marola, but also Kurt Busch, who led some laps. And, and also Clint Boyer had, had a good run early on as well, too. And those guys were coming through the field. You had the, the Penske cars coming through the field with especially Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski. And, uh, you know, some of the other guys coming through the field uh, early on. Um Last night, and I thought it was kind of it was a good mix. I think all the teams got involved. I, I was thinking this morning how to compare this race. I thought it was uh, almost like a Royal Rumble, and the fact that like the middle part of the Royal Rumble, you get the guys that come in the ring, and they 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 come in the ring and they hit their finisher on like eight guys, and that's just how the the Royal Rumble is these days. Um, I thought that was kind of like the race last night. Every team got their shots, and uh, you know, all, you had a. a Part of the race when it was all Stuart Haas cars up front. You had all the Gibbs cars up front. Um, well, Truex kind of falls in with the Gibbs cars, but Truex obviously led a lot of the led a lot of the race. Uh, you had a couple of the Hendrick cars up front. It seemed like all the teams kind of got their shots in last night, and you saw you saw good performances from all the major teams in the series uh, throughout the race. Stuart Haas, Gibbs, uh, Hendrick, Penske, uh, all the big teams all all had guys at the front of the field last night. So I thought it was a good mix of just talent at the front of the field, and it stayed interesting despite those long green flag runs where it just had everybody kind of mixing it up early on. And in the end, it was Bush in the Gibbs car pulling away there at the end. But I just thought it was a pretty good race despite the long green flag runs. Let's go to the AT&T hotline, the one bringing from Yahoo Sports. And someone that wrote about this over on Yahoo Sports has a great column up. Nick Bromberg joins us on the line. Nick, Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Great to talk to you again, sir. What's up? Thanks for having me. Not a problem. I appreciate you uh, joining us here on, on short notice this morning. But uh, you talked about it in your column on, uh, on Yahoo Sports, and uh, it was crazy the fact that we went 352 laps without a caution last night. It just, um, it, Although that seems to happen a lot more these days in stage racing, uh, it's still crazy when a race goes that l- long without a non-stage-ending caution. Uh, it is, and especially in a short track like like Richmond. But at the same time, you know, if you go back and look at the trend, this isn't necessarily. Yes, Saturday night was an anomaly. I'll say that, but it wasn't a huge anomaly. Say that having you know three or four cautions at Martinsville was, in the sense that Martinsville we're used to seeing ten, twelve, fourteen, sometimes more than that caution at Richmond. Cautions have been down recently mm-hmm. in the past like five or six years. So you look at this and say, yes, this was an extreme outlier, but. You know, even then, as you were saying in the lead up to this, there was a lot of good racing for the lead throughout. At the, especially at the end of the stages, as guys who may have not conserved their tires um, started to fade back, guys who had conserved their tires started to go go forward. You know, the racing for the lead. I don't know how you can sit here and say. I think you, it's a very legit complaint to say, "Hey, you know, I would have liked to see a couple more crashes, a couple more cautions." Mm. How you can say? Hey, the racing for the lead stunk because it was pretty good. And Nick, it's the another case. We've got two races in a row now on short tracks, 
compared to what we get in the mile and a half tracks. Two very different short track races with Bristol and Richmond, but the quality of entertainment, I guess we'll call it, is just such more evident on those style of tracks versus what we get on the mile and a half tracks. It is. You know, in Texas, I think, too, we saw just how cold it was and the fact that the rain playing havoc and the recent repave. Texas, you can kind of throw out of the equation in terms of a of what we consider a mile and a half, mm-hmm. typical mile and a half to be lately. But, you know, with Bristol, too, you know, comparing and contrasting Bristol and Richmond, and I wrote about this, is that, you know, Richmond, with the tire that Goodyear brought, you know, there was multiple groove racing last night. With yep. two or three, you know, you'd see a lot of times guys three wide in the corners making passes. I think that in itself is lends to fewer accidents because yeah. Bristol, you know, everybody was saying, oh, old Bristol's back. Well, the reason old Bristol was back is because the bottom was the preferred groove and you had to knock somebody out of the way to get that position on the bottom. And sometimes a caution happens because of that. So, you know, you look at this and say, you know, there's another reason that because Richmond and Bristol are two very different styles of track these days. Nick, one point in your column from last night's race that I thought was very interesting, I didn't think of this, but the the late caution there was seven to go, and the fact that all the leaders uh, came down pit road there late in the race, nobody took a gamble. Uh, it seemed... It seemed, I thought with with stage uh, the playoff format and the win and you're in concept and everything here with the regular season, you know, we used to maybe a year or two ago you would see someone take the gamble, but why do you think no one wanted to gamble last night and try and stay out there at the end of the race? I, you know, if I could answer that, maybe I would be a cup crew chief because <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. You know, if you are a team that is in the you're running say 11th or 12th with seven laps to go you're not going to win that race straight up unless there's a giant crash at the at the front of the field and we all know the chances of that happening are probably pretty slim so why not yes you had and especially now with hindsight being 2020 and the last crash when stenhouse hit the wall setting up the overtime finish last night you know you look at this and say well especially if you were a crew chief in that 10 to 16 i believe there were 16 cars in the lead last at that point mm. why not take the chance because two you know your risk is mitigated as well with only 16 cars being on a lead lap if you are in 12th place and you say all right screw this we're going to try to go for the win here and not pay it on old tires your best case scenario obviously is getting a win your worst case scenario is finishing 16th isn't that best case scenario of getting a win worse than potentially losing just four spots from where you were before the caution flag right it makes you know we, nascar loves to tout the fact that this win-and-in system allows people to gamble and really go for wins, you would think if that was truly the case, you would have seen some teams try to do that last night. Nick Bromberg from Yahoo Sports joining us. Nick, uh, one of my first thoughts this morning before we had you on, Kyle Busch, uh, I was not a fan of his miss most of the season due to injury but still win the championship in 2015 but I'm signing up for Kyle Busch winning the championship here in 2018 I think uh, he is the perfect personality for the sport and uh, this run he's on right now three straight wins seven straight top three finishes I know it's a very long season we're only nine races in and old Kyle Busch has a had a has a a tendency to fade in the playoffs but uh, I'm ready to see Kyle take this right to the championship this year. You know, you also got to look at it, too, from the perspective of Kyle Busch right now is doing what Martin Truex Jr. did last year. Mm-hmm. And we saw just how many just how many wins and accruing stage points, how far that can get you. And I think if you look at this, Kyle Busch right now, he may be tied with Kevin Harvick in wins. He has the edge when it comes to playoff points. He's 
got the 15 over Harvick's 10 because of Harvick's Las Vegas penalty. Yep. And so you look at this, if you're ranking championship favorites, you're right. Kyle Busch is number one. Kevin Harvick is number two. And if the way this, this keeps going and Harvick and Busch keep dominating, they're going to set themselves up to basically be able to cruise through the first nine races of the playoffs and make the final at Homestead. And that's, you know, as we saw with Truex last year, that's a huge advantage because you can sit and say, all right, we know we're going to get in. Let's try to accrue as many points as possible. And then you can, you know, you can kind of try some things, especially as late in the year goes on. And even in the first or second round of the playoffs, say, you know, can we hit on something and really start to fine tune that Homestead car? Because we know that there's a pretty dang good shot we're going to be there. And, you know, it's crazy to think how good Kyle Busch has been at Homestead recently. Mm-hmm. He's always there. And I, you know, I would be very, very hard-pressed to bet on him not being there uh, come November. Nick, last thing uh, NASCAR-wise, you, you look around that, that 16th spot in the standings right now with, with William Byron holding that spot, and then you look at the guys behind him, the Newmans, Stenhouses, Elliott, Suarez's, uh, all right there. When you look at those names, who is the? it's only nine races I know, but who's been the, the biggest disappointment for you so far this year? That's a great question. You know, can I go outside of that top Sure. if I'm talking about a disappointment? Sure. Casey Kane's in 31st in the point standings right now. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I know we, there are a lot of, you know, okay, he was taking a step back, going to Levine Family Racing. I don't think anybody thought Casey Kane was going to contend for the championship this season. But 31st through nine races, and that team, that team hasn't even shown flashes of speed. He has been a consistent, basically, 17th through 24th place car all year, and has had a couple issues, you know, so... This is a guy who, you know, they, the big thing for, you know, Levine Family Racing and say, Front Row, who has their alliance with Roush, is they want to be like a furniture row racing and use the alliance to their advantage. Well, Levine has that Richard Childress Racing Alliance, and right now they are extremely slow. They're off the pace of the two RCR cars, but they are ahead of, you know, the other RCR affiliates through main racing. But, yeah, Kane and, Kane and Ty Dillon, quite honestly, I'm stunned that they are so slow in where they are this year. Kane is, he's 31st in points, as you said, Dick. He's like the last out of the guys that run weekly. I mean, the next guy behind Casey in points is Cole Witt, and Cole, I don't think, has run every race this year. That's how bad they are. It's it's unbelievable. You know, you, they're going to pick it up. I don't think they're going to be as that bad for the entire season, but, you know, nine races in, that's a quarter of the schedule right now, and to say that Casey Kane would have been 31st in points through 25% of the races, I would have... You told me that in January. I'd look at you like you were crazy. <laughs> Nick, uh, last thing before we let you go. Of course, you also cover college football for Yahoo Sports. Uh, if you're sitting in the Bills draft room on Thursday night, who would you like to see the Bills take in the first round? Don't take Josh Allen. <laughs> this is, this is uh, you know, I think Josh Allen has a chance to be a very good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But it fascinates me watching college football and looking at what Josh Allen did at Wyoming over the past couple seasons compared to guys like Sam Darnold, uh, Josh Rosen, even Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. I would put Josh Allen a clear fifth below those four quarterbacks. I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's got a really good chance to be a very good NFL quarterback. If I'm the Bills, Lamar Jackson works. If Baker Mayfield's there, take him, even if Rosen or Darnold falls. But Josh Allen, I think you know everybody loves his arm arm strength and how far he can throw the ball, but I think he has the lowest floor of any of those five quarterbacks. I just can't wait for Thursday because I'm, I'm just tired of the talk. I just want the pick to come. And, I, as someone that doesn't work uh, during the day here with all the regular sports talk shows, I'm just ready for all this to be done. 
<laughs> I totally, hey, I totally understand with you. I'll be covering the draft for Yahoo. We're gonna do, we're gonna do a fun little thing on draft night, grading each pick as it happens. So I'll be involved with that. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see it too. But you're right. I, you know, draft season can't end soon enough. I want to see who's on what team, so we can start speculating about their futures instead of speculating about what team they're actually gonna be on. So you can get that and NASCAR takes from Nick at uh, Nick Bromberg on Twitter. Nick, d- despite what the front office of NASCAR thinks, you're a very happy person. Thank you so much for joining us on short notice. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Take care. Nick Bromberg from Yahoo Sports uh, from the Marbles is his uh, NASCAR column, but as you can tell, covers college football as well, too, for Yahoo. So check him out as we uh, get closer to the NFL draft, along with all the great stuff our folks here at WGR are doing. Uh, take a look at Nick's stuff. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Bromberg. We get back. We'll uh, move on to local racing, get our first uh, track preview of the season in with Jen Martin from Ransomville Speedway, and we get back here on Fast Track. This is Kyle Busch driving the number 18 M&M's Toyota. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Kyle Busch, three race win streak, two wins in the last six days. Yeah, six days. Monday Monday to Saturday. Got the win Monday at Bristol after the uh, race had to get finished on Monday afternoon. And then uh, last night at Richmond, uh, coming on strong late in the race to come from the 32nd starting position to pick up his third straight win, and he is atop the uh, NASCAR point standings. <laughs> of course, after the race, Kyle uh, did his usual, you know, grab the checkered flag, take the bow, love that, love that, that, that. But he did something we've never seen him do, or at least not in a long time. He went into the crowd after he won. And that is something Kyle, I don't think he's ever done it. Of course, Kyle has plenty of haters out there, um, especially at Richmond Raceway, where, as which has gotten a lot of talk this week, 10 years ago, he uh, got into Dale Jr. and spun him out of contention for a win and won a race at Richmond 10 years ago, of course. Uh, the, we just had the 10th anniversary of that race, and, and Dale actually had Kyle on his podcast. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but where they discussed the whole thing, and uh, so there's been a lot of talk about that, but Kyle going into the stands last night to uh, congr- uh, high five the fans after the big win, and uh, you know he talked about that you know ten years ago he needed probably security to get out of there when he got into jail junior. But last night he said he saw plenty of yellow and black and M and M's colors and eighteen shirts and jackets, so he decided to uh, you know take a quick uh, hop through the fence and hang out with the fans there for a second after he got the win last night, which was cool to see. Uh, I, I'm just, I can't believe uh, NASCAR Twitter can be so bad, especially the some of the fans out there. But right now, Jeff Gluck is uh, retweeting just uh, people that are uh, just trying to think that, that this Kyle Busch thing is like some kind of manufactured thing by NASCAR, by the media to try and gain him more support that, you know, they're trying to make Kyle sound like he's this reformed person or something. And it's just funny, the crazy conspiracies that certain NASCAR fans on social media like to do. Uh, you know, I, I I continue to say that, that Kyle Busch is a great personality for the sport because of his polarizing effect on people, much in the way maybe Dale Earnhardt was back in the day. Kyle is the best personality in this sport right now and I hope he gets a lot more fans like we we've said a lot this year that there's this gap of fans that need new favorite drivers with the departure of the Dale Juniors and Tony Stewart's and Carl Edwards uh, and Jeff Gordon's in recent years so 
why not get some more support for Kyle Busch? But he has plenty of his own fans. I think it's been great. You see those videos on social media Kyle and Samantha have been doing where Kyle, after a race, will be driving somewhere and he'll see a fan wearing his hat or his shirt and just, you know, stop and say hi, give him an autograph. The the one in traffic last year, he pulled up to the car next to the lady in the 18 hat and rolled down the window and signed it. And then I think he had one... Um, Couple maybe it was after the Texas race. He went to the drive-through at In and Out Burger and signed something and told the the guy that at the window handing him his food to hand the autograph, uh, whatever. Well, I don't remember specific what item of merchandise it was, but he saw someone inside the restaurant wearing a yellow Kyle Busch sweatshirt or something and handed it to him. So, uh, you know, yeah, he gets pissed off when he loses, but when he wins, he is a whole lot of fun too. So I enjoy. Uh, Kyle Busch, and uh, like I said, sign me up for him to to win the championship. I I do hope it's an exciting, you know, it'll come down to exciting race at Homestead with, you know, between him and probably Harvick and Truex and maybe Joey Logano, who's off to a great start this year, by the way. He has also has eight top tens this year, just like Kyle Busch just doesn't have any wins. But, uh, you know, sign me up for Kyle to win the championship this year. I, I want to see him win one with uh, a full season, unlike the one in 2015 when he missed most of the year with that broken leg, and that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, let's switch gears, though. We're going to break, go to the AT&T hotline, and let's welcome back the general manager of the Big R, the Ransomville Speedway, which kicks off their season this Friday night. Jen Martin is on the line. Jen, good morning. Good morning, Dave. How are you today? Doing well. Great to speak with you again. It's been a while. Uh, first off, before we go into to 2018, of course, last year was your first year as uh, the GM there at the Big R and working with the Atwal family. Huh, how much did you learn last year in, in stepping up into your position last year? Oh, my gosh. Learning was last year was such a learning curve and so much to learn. Uh, people really don't have a clue as to how much work does go into preparing a track for a season and um some things I did wrong um, and learned from it, and um, I'm so super excited for 2018. Um, having this whole season underneath me now, and all my colleagues that helped me out last year was just phenomenal. You know, you being one of them, of course. And I'm so thankful to everybody that did assist me last year and helped me through my first year. And um, I'm, like I said, I'm really excited for 2018. Of course, last year. Uh Track conditions were, you know, kind of up and down last year, and I know you guys had to make a, a lot of, uh, not a lot, but you had to make some fixes last year when the World of Outlaws came back in October for the rain delay. Uh, Facility-wise, how are things looking? I know a lot of new clay was put down uh, last year at the end of the season, and, and uh, it, it sat over the winter, and you guys uh, canceled the hangover race, so the track would be race-ready here to start this year. How is that looking going into uh, this Friday night? Well, <laughs> if the weather forecast is on our side, we'll be pretty good. Um, unfortunately, you know, the last two weeks, weather that was so crazy and unlike a normal April, yep. um, we, we, we were underwater at the end of last week. Um, but, however, uh, we did a lot of pumping out. All the upgrades of the drainage that we put in really did help a lot mm -hmm. already for the spring. So we, if we don't get that nasty R word that they're calling for later in the week, I think we'll be good to go. So, you know, all my racers, be ready to race because, you know, we, we will be ready as long as the weather is on our side. Well, you've put together a, a another great schedule. A lot of traditional favorites are back. But you guys uh, went for the gusto this year. You, you're on the uh, the World Racing Group, group Triple Plan. 
Excuse me, not only, of course, you'll have the Super Dirt Car Big Block Modifieds for the traditional Summer Nationals, you're bringing back the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars for year number two in, in a row now, but you've added the World of Outlaw Late Models on June 15th, and that they'll be the first time to see them in over 10 years in Western New York. That's going to be an exciting event. It's very, very exciting, and it's actually, uh, we're the closest track that any of our uh, Canadian race fans um, can come to and see a World racing event with the sprint cars and late models so we are really excited to have the late models with us this year and bringing back the sprint cars a lot of the you know sprint car racers are excited to come back to our track and they want to get that first win at the big r so i talked to a lot of them over the off season and you know it's nice to have them want to come to our track and be excited about it and um so we're, we're excited to you know be one of the few classes a few tracks in New York State that are running all three series with the World Racing Group. Uh, of course, uh, the weekly racing program uh, highlighted by the Modifieds, of course, and uh, there's going to be some uh, interesting names in the Modified division this year, Jen, with uh, you've got some rookies moving up into the Modified class this season. We do. Uh, Matt Farnham, the champion of the sportsman class, moved up, as well as Mike Williams and Greg Martin. So it'll be nice to see you know three new faces in with the Modifieds. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're really excited about that. You know, our novice, you know, Cameron Tuttle uh, and Scott George and Robbie Johnson moved up from the novice sportsman to the regular sportsman. So, you know, numbers are staying the same there. We have a couple other brand new guys coming into the novice class. So, you know, all our fields are very strong this year. We're, we're really excited about that. It's interesting with, with the modifieds right now, I think, across all the dirt car tracks, of course, uh, uh, the big block program is, is popular in a, a lot of a lot of tracks, you know, run the big blocks weekly and but also dirt car dropping the uh, the weekly home track to the to the, the dirt car cha- uh, big block championship. But you're seeing a, a lot of tracks now and, and transition to, to running the 358 weekly and that division is uh, across the, the region, I guess, is starting to come back. And I, I know uh, I don't know how much thought you guys have had. It possibly switching from 358 to big blocks. I don't know if that discussion's even taken place, but uh, it, it's interesting how the two different groups of modifieds have, have changed here in the last couple of years. Right. We, we really have not even thought about that or had that discussion. You know, at the dirt meetings, we spoke to a lot of the other tracks that did run big blocks, and now they're starting to run 358, which we think is huge because then, you know, that helps the 358 class, which was kind of a dying class. I mean, mm. let's be honest, we haven't really had a 358 touring series race in a while due to the fact that there just really isn't any guys that follow that. So we, we are hoping that the 358 touring series will start to become, you know, more popular. And as far as the big blocks go, it, it, it's hard. It's such an expensive class. Mm. Uh, we have not had those discussions yet because we, you know, we stand behind our local guys that do want to run 358s, and we want to have all them there and you know at our speedway on a weekly basis. Uh, Jen, one other divisional change that's coming down the pike for the Big R is the the street stock division. You guys announced that the division is going to become more uh, going back to the or moving up to a pro stock division. I believe in 2019. What led to that decision? We had a lot of meetings in the off season with the street stock drivers and wanted to ask them, you know, what do you see your, where do you see your class in the next year? Where do you see your class in the next five years? Where do you want to go? And at the current time, the street stock drivers at Ranceville don't have any other racetracks to race at. Mm-hmm. Because none of the other tracks are compatible with our cars. 
So ProSox was really the next change that we could go to that was the most easiest, compatible. It's only a few changes that they have to be had. They're excited to be under the dirt belt next year because there's a lot of added benefits being under the dirt belt. So, you know, the guys are really excited about that change for next year. You know, some of them were a little leery because they really like the older style bodies. We will allow them to keep running that older style body. So, you know, they were excited about that. Some of them, of course, love the newer NASCAR style body, what <laughs> people say, and, you know, they can run that. We actually have two drivers this year running the pro stock body at the Big R, Jordan Moted and Pete Stefanski. So, you know, it'll already, you'll already start to see a little bit of that changeover for next year. So, again, it was something that our drivers wanted. We had many discussions with them on the off season, and, and so that's the route we're going to go. And they can race, you know, Utica Rome. They can race Oswego. They can race Charlotte. They can, you know, race all the elite tracks. So that, that's really cool for them. Uh, Jen, last thing. Uh, we obviously you've got the big three with the uh, the late model sprint cars and the super dirt car series. But what are some other uh, big events on the schedule you're looking forward to this year? So we're really excited this year. Uh, Friday, July twentieth, we are actually going to do a Veterans Night. Veterans get in uh, for free with photo ID. We did that last year. It really wasn't a big event. Uh, we still had about eighty five people come in, and we really want to make it huge this year. We want to thank our veterans for all that they do for us. Of course, our King of the Hill weekend went to one day this year. That's September 14th, and that'll be 100 laps for the street stocks and 40 laps for the sportsmen, as it will also be a BEI series. First time that the BEI series will be at Ransomville Speedway. We have um, June 29th is our July 4th show with uh, fireworks on hand, and Friday, June 1st is the Patriot Sprint Cars. Very good. Jen, I appreciate your uh, candor, kind of explaining some of the -the behind-the-scenes decisions. Appreciate that. And uh, hopefully, weather permitting, we'll, we'll see you this Friday night. Okay, we'll see you Friday, Dave. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Jen Martin from Ransomville Speedway. For more information, uh, RansomvilleSpeedway.com. They're on Facebook, uh, Twitter at Ransomville. And also, uh, you can go to the World of Outlaw websites to get your tickets for both the uh, World of Outlaw Late Model event that is coming up on June 15th. And the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, which will be a Friday night show this year. They tried Sunday last year, but didn't work with the rain date. That's Friday, July 27th. So tickets are available for both of those events. And I urge you to buy them ahead of time because uh, the place gets pretty full. And uh, I know almost all the reserve seats for the sprint car race last year sold out. So uh, if you are considering either of those shows, I would uh, be sure to check out uh, the World of Outlaw websites to purchase tickets for either of those events. All right, we get back. We'll wrap up this edition of Fast Track, and uh, we'll take more of your phone calls, too. 803-0551-888-550-2550. We wrap up Fast Track here on WGR. Hey, this is Joey Logano, driver number 22, Shell Penzo Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. No local racing roundup to get to yet, and all the uh, racing events that were scheduled for this weekend around the area were uh, canceled due to the unspring-like weather. As uh, we talked about with Jen Martin there from Ransomville Speedway, they kick off their season Friday night with uh, time trials and practice. Uh, Merrittville Speedway canceled their big uh, sprint car uh, modified season opener, but they are scheduled to kick off their season this Saturday night with a full show. They also uh, they'll be practicing tomorrow, uh, they, and they added a uh, Monday night show to July 2nd to their schedule as well, too. Not sure what classes are running, but uh, 
They uh, added that after the cancellation of their season opener for yesterday, so uh, Merrittville will try to kick off their season this Saturday night. Genesee Speedway was also scheduled to uh, have a enduro and practice session yesterday. That was canceled, and it was moved to this coming Saturday, April 28th. Uh, practice from 2 to 5, and then they have an enduro starting at 6 o'clock this coming Saturday at the Genesee Speedway in Batavia. So getting closer. Uh, IndyCar in action. They've got some crappy weather today in, in Alabama, but they're going to try and get the race going at Barber Motorsports Park at 3 o'clock this afternoon with uh, Joseph Newgarden, Will Power on the front row for Team Penske, Sebastian Bourdais, Ryan Hunter Ray in row 2, James Hinchcliffe, Scott Dixon, Marco Andretti, Alexander Rossi, Simon Pagino. And Robert Wickens are your top 10 starters. And Rossi picked up the win last weekend at Long Beach. A good, uh, solid effort for uh, he and the 2017 as they picked up the win over Will Power. And a great run for Ed Jones, his best run for Ch- uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, finishing third last week. Also, Zach Veach had a great run in fourth. And Graham Rahal rounded out the top five at Long Beach. And you look at the IndyCar point standings, top six drivers are from six different organizations with uh, Rossi leading the points for Andretti Autosport, New Garden with Penske in second, then uh, Graham Rahal from Rahal Letterman Lanigan, uh, Bourdais from Dale Coyne, James Hinchcliffe from Schmidt-Peterson, and Chip Ganassi, Scott Dixon, your top six in uh, IndyCar points through uh, the first uh, three races uh, of the, the 2018 season, and they've got a race today at Barber Motorsports Park. NHRA's in Houston this weekend for the Spring Nationals. Uh, Leah Pritchett setting a new uh, track record at ET uh, during qualifying as she took the number one spot in top field. Robert Height, the number one qualifier in funny car. Greg Anderson, top qualifier in pro stock. Mike Janis making the pro-modified field there at Houston. Uh, he time-trialed fourth as uh, eliminations will get going later today there. Uh, in Houston with uh, NHRA, and again, that'll be on Fox Sports. I believe NBCSN has the IndyCar action. So like I said earlier, with uh, no NASCAR racing to watch, you still have some uh, room uh, on your uh Sports viewing schedule today. Check out some other racing if you, you know, although I don't blame you if you want to go outside today because it, it you know, feels like spring for once here in Western New York. But uh, that'll do it for this week's show. Next week, we'll uh, have Talladega. We'll have the race here on WGR next Sunday with uh, the race at Talladega, which could open things up to a new winner. It'll be difficult for Kyle to go for four in a row at Talladega because it is such a uh, wild card event with the restrictor play race, but uh, the possibility is out there. Kyle could go on a four race win streak, uh, depending on how things go next Sunday at the uh, Talladega Super Speedway. We'll be a little bit closer to local racing. We'll have some to talk about. Hopefully, if the weather holds out, uh, some few tracks can get their shows going. Uh, of course, uh, throughout the region, there's been some tracks. Uh, e- the eastern part of New York and into Pennsylvania have gotten their season started. I know uh, Orange County Fair Speedway. Uh, they were running last night. Matt Williamson made the long haul from St. Catharines to go run there and wound up finishing third. A good run for him after uh, Lernerville canceled their show this weekend. So we're getting there, and hopefully by the first weekend in May, uh, we'll be going full bore with the local racing season. But thank you for listening. Uh, also, uh, thank you if you listened last night here on WGR to the Bandits game, despite their loss. Uh, tough, huge loss for the Bandits last night. 
But uh, they wrap up their regular season this Saturday night. It is a must-win playoff pretty much game for the Bandits this Saturday when they host Rochester. Bandits will need to win and get a little bit of help now to make the playoffs after missing last year. So uh, hopefully you'll catch us uh, go to the game this Saturday or we'll be on ESPN 1520 on Saturday night with, uh, of course, myself, John Gertler, and Randy Mearns on the call as Buffalo hosts Rochester to close out the 2018 season and hopefully punch their ticket for the playoffs. So that'll do it. We'll talk to you next Sunday here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.